Thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for everything that you've done for us, Lord. We thank you for restoration being in the air, Father. Restoration is in the air, Lord. Restoration is your word. It is filled with your spirit and your life. And we have been charging the atmosphere with restoration, Father. So we thank you that your word says in Isaiah that it goes forth and it shall not return void. It goes forth just like the rain and it shall not return void, but it shall accomplish what you purposed it to do, Father. So, Lord, we thank you that you speak through this vessel. Lord, I want everything to, to reflect Jesus. I want eyes on Jesus. Because you're the, the God, the great God, the great God. And we just thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. You, you can sit. <laughs> I see God's warriors in front of me. I see God's servants in front of me. I see God's army in front of me. Every one of you is a minister of the gospel. Every one of you is a minister of the gospel. Whether you believe that or not, you are a minister of the gospel. The fivefold ministry, according to Ephesians, is given to train the body in how to do the work of the ministry. And I know I've said this before, but there's no way that pastors or evangelists can, can touch the people. And I know that God wants to bring us up to a higher level tonight. You have a sphere of influence that God wants to take you into. And so, I'm, Pastor Justin asked me to teach on faith for restoration. And something that has just been so um, in my heart, Trey, Pastor Trey said something, that restoration comes from being in the presence of the Lord, which is true, because when you look at Acts 321, it, or in that 1920, it says, change your mind, repent, so that you can have times of refreshing and restoration in the Lord, in the Lord's presence. And so that has been very heavy on me. Uh, and I want you to know that uh, restoration truly is what God wants to do now. We went to the Kenneth Copeland's meetings, and it just hit me. I went back, and I listened to every one of you men that preached just recently. 13 hours worth of restoration. I, I just thank God for the word that he is giving us. We are so blessed. And if you don't believe in restoration, then we need to open your little brain up and wash it out because God is... And then we went to Kenneth Copeland's minister's conference, and this was in uh, January. The whole thing is about restoration because I've been listening to that. So God wants to restore. 
And restoration is something different to everybody. Now, I believe we are in the end times, and we are in the last of the last days, and this is the complete restoration that God wants to do. Before Jesus can come back, it has to happen on the earth before he comes back. I've had property taken from me. I've had, uh, I mean, inheritance taken from me. And I know it's God's will, and it isn't just prosperity. I've had relations taken from me. You know, uh, all of us in here have had different things. Maybe you're dealing with health. God wants to restore that, completely restore that. And I want to put this out here because I want you to think about it as we talk about it because one of the big things that the Holy Spirit has been showing me is humility. If you want to be restored, we have got to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God because guess what? Restoration takes place in the presence of God. Why does it take place in the presence of God? Because he's the one that does the works. This is, this is why we have to get in the presence of God. And, we, and I'm telling you, Army, he wants us to live in the manifested presence of God. Amen. Because I don't believe you're in this church just to get restored. I believe, I'm looking at people that want to restore other people. Amen. But you are not the restorer. You are the carrier of the restorer. Okay? And so you have got to wake up with the mentality of, what do I do, Lord? What is, I've got to hear him. I've got to keep, I've got to go inward, God inward. Now, I, and uh, so Keith Moore talked about, and I've loved this scripture, and I've, you know, he must increase, I must decrease. Now, I'm going to show you some things tonight. In Acts 3.21, the word restoration, and I looked this up from Thayer's Greek lexicon, it says the restoration not only of the true theocracy, but also of that more perfect state of things, that more perfect state of things, even physical things, which existed before the fall. Now remember, before the fall, the Garden of Eden was a piece of heaven. It was heaven on earth. This word, we're supposed to have days of heaven on earth. Okay? Before Jesus comes back. Days of heaven on earth before he comes back. I want you to hear what it's saying. Even physical things, the perfect state of physical things or things which existed before the fall should happen before Jesus comes back. That word in Acts 3.21 is that complete restoration. That's what it's talking about. And it's telling you that Jesus is going to be held until we have that. That's exciting to me. When I looked up the word theocracy, because I thought, okay, Lord, I know theo means God. I know it's a government. 
This is what I wrote down. I mean, this is what I got from Theocracy. Out of I love the Webster's. It's a government of state. Now listen to this. It's a government. It's governing of a state by the immediate direction of God. Think about that. The immediate direction of God. It's like Israel before they had a king. They always went to God to get direction. So it's governing by direction and immediate direction. Do you hear now faith? Now faith? And when I was looking at that and going over that, the Holy Spirit said to me, this is how you should be living every day. A theocracy. God is in us. We should be living daily with immediate direction from God. Do you hear faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God? Do you hear that in that? Immediate direction, now faith. And we should be living this way at all times. Not just when we need restoration. Because see, personally, I believe that we should be restored. Uh, I mean, if you've been in the Word, the Word is restoring you. The Word is spirit and life. Every time you open the Word and you are speaking the Word or you're saying the Word, that Word is physically changing you. It is mentally changing your thoughts. And it's, your thoughts are literally a piece of matter. They've discovered this in science. And so that's why the Bible tells you to think on things that are pure and lovely and of a good report. When you do the Word, you are releasing His power in your life. And I didn't know this when I first came into the Word. So if there's babies in here, take it. Go into this Word and understand this is powerful person and it's him that is changing you but we have to approach the word with humility and understand we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and his presence is going to show up and I'm going to show you that so we want to live like this this is exactly how Jesus lived did he not live with immediate direction from God Do you hear the scripture, I don't do or say anything until I hear from the Father? He didn't do or say anything until he heard or he saw the Father. He never took any um, credit for any miracle. He was totally humble. He never did. And we are going to have to become the same way. We are under rulers under rulers, and I think we've gotten real excited about ruling, but the under is going to release the power, because I don't have faith. I don't have the God kind of faith until I hear from God. So when it says faith for restoration, that means I have to get on my face before God, and I have to find out what do I do in this situation. I need immediate direction. Even when I'm uh, driving in the car, and some of you have been in my, when I teach the faith over there, 
every, if you'll train yourself to do this, everything you do, Lord, do, which store do I go to? He cares. Which road do I go down? It could be your life. Train yourself. If you hear, get some milk. Don't override it. Just do it. I've learned even if I have two milks, at least I was putting forth the effort just to... Do you know what I'm saying? Because maybe what happens is I get to seed that milk. Maybe somebody, my neighbor, needed that milk or whatever. So just listen and do what he says. Immediate direction. Think theocracy. I am... I'm under a king. I'm an under ruler, and I have power in me, but it's not my power. And that's another thing. It's not my faith or your faith. It is God's faith. We have to get God's faith to do what we are supposed to do. Okay? Now, I want to say this to you. Restitution, I looked up the word restitution because I really like this one. Uh, it says, this is made by restoring, restitution is made by restoring a specific thing taken away or a specific right. And the Lord asked me, to, have you made a list? Have you made a list of specifically of the things that the devil has stolen from you? You need to make a list. If you haven't made a list, start making a list. Because I can remember several years ago, I mean, there was a huge inheritance that was stolen from me and my brothers. And I said, and I was just writing stuff down because of restoration. And the Holy Spirit said to me, what about that third part of whatever? And I went, wow, see, let him make your list. Now, I haven't received that. Yet in the natural, I ha- it hasn't manifested, but I'm telling you it's for this time because it was a, it's going to be used for the kingdom. The words that came out from these men of, of God, it's going to be, you know, what's your motive for restoration? Now, I've been there when we didn't have enough, and I understand when you watch somebody that has enough, you go, wow, I just want enough. I totally relate to that. But I'm telling you, you got to press. You got to press. You got to press. You got to give when it doesn't even look like you can give. Amen. You got to get up in the morning and say, Lord, what can I do for somebody? Maybe it's just a smile. I've had a man stop me in Fort Worth and say, No one has smiled at me. You are the first person. It was about 11 o'clock. No one has said hello to me. Well, see, that blessed him. So it doesn't always have to be money, but you got to look you, because God is a giver. Amen. That's how we should be living. The essence of living is giving. So we're trying to train ourselves to be just like Jesus. I've told you that scripture before, uh, Acts 10, 38. You're anointed just like Jesus with the Holy Ghost. And you're going around doing good. You're anointed with the Holy Ghost and power and ability and efficiency. And you're going around doing good and healing all those who are oppressed of the devil. Why? Not because you're all that. Because God's with you. 
And that, the humility, God is with me. And I have to say, wait a minute, i got to hear from God. I remember Brother Jerry saying, no wasted words. When you're in the middle of ministry, or when you're out ministering to somebody, you need to take time, and I need to take time to pray in the Spirit and find out what does this person need. Because if you just barge in, you may turn them off from God. We don't want to have any wasted words. We want the power of God, so we've got to humble ourselves under the mighty power of God, and he will exalt you in due time. Now, we have to have right thinking, and I know we've heard this over and over. We have to get the perspective. If you, you've got to get in the Word. I love books, and, and I believe in CDs, and, and I do them all the time. But this is where you go first. And I know people, all they do is read books. No. This is where you get the ways and the thoughts of God. And so if you're not, and, and I believe in the gifts, don't get me wrong, but we want to stay in this. Because eternal life is resurrection life. And so we, Jesus said, let's look at uh, John 17. Go to John 17, and I'm going to be in the Amplified. Because he just showed me this not too long ago. Because we want the power to flow through us. But that power has got to be under the humility of God. It's got to be under the direction of God. Now Jesus is praying and he's saying, uh, you granted him power and authority over all flesh, all humankind. Now glorify him so that he may give eternal life to all whom you have given him. Look at verse 3. Jesus explains what eternal life is. He said, and this is eternal life. It means to know, perceive, recognize, become acquainted with, and understand you, the only true and real God, and likewise to know him, Jesus Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, whom you have sent. That is eternal life. Our goal is to know God. Because in knowing him, and the word know is like marital relations. We are so entwined with him. And so we, we need to know him so that we can know the resurrection power. If you, you can look at 2 Peter 1, 2. You don't have to go there if you don't want to, but it talks about grace and peace. Grace is God's ability. Grace is God's favor. And Brother Copeland said grace, the Lord showed him, is his desire to show you how much he's redeemed you from sin. Grace and peace are multiplied to you through the knowledge of God. Do you see what I'm saying? You have to know God and his ways to receive eternal life. Philippians 3.10. I love this one. My determined purpose, this is Paul, my determined purpose is to know him. The wonders of his 
person, and that I may become progressively more and deeply and intimately knowing him and the power outflowing from his resurrection. Paul needed that. You think about what Paul had to do. We need that. We need to know the resurrection life outflowing from our God that lives in us. You think about what Paul went through. It was resurrection life that saved him. You can understand why he said that. Do you know he was beaten three times with rods? And if you go study that out, most people died the first time that happened. They turn you upside down and they beat your feet with rods. And they beat your body. It's a terrible thing. And if it didn't kill you because it flayed your body, it cut open your feet and everything in your body, but they beat you. And a lot of people died from it. He had that happen to him three times. And if you lived through it, your feet were crippled. Now you think about what he's saying to you. I need to know my God and the power of his resurrection life outflowing. He needed that. He faced death every day. He said, I, I know how to live in every situation because I know how to live abased and I know how I've been instructed, is what it says, how to live abased and how to abound. Because Christ in him infused his strength. And see, we need to think like this. He infused his strength. But if we're trying to do it on our own and we're not going inside and saying, Lord, you need to do this. I cannot infuse Christ's strength into me. But I've got to humble myself to stay in the restoration power of God. So when you know him, you are releasing eternal life into your body, into the atmosphere. And here's something that Jesus said in... uh, John 12, 50, you don't have to go there. I'll just, he said, and I know that his commandment is eternal life. Well, the word commandments are his orders. So Jesus said, I don't do or say anything until I do and say what I see the Father do. So his orders, whatever Jesus did, released eternal life into that situation. And this is how we need to be living. Everything should be directed, immediate direction from God. Now, I want to look at, well, we don't have to go there either, but Matthew eleven twenty seven 27, and 28 is where Jesus says, come and learn of me. Come and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly. See, we need to be meek, and lowly under God, under the mighty hand of God. That was Jesus' character. Meekness is not weakness. It takes a whole lot more to bite your tongue than it does to just give somebody a piece of your mind. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? And I don't have enough to give. (laughs) So I need to keep it because I have the mind of Christ. 
Now we're talking about faith and, and you know, I want to go, I'm going a little bit slower because I want to make sure that things are easy to understand. I believe in simple, Jesus was simple. He doesn't complicate things. Uh, we're commanded to live by faith. This is a command, the just shall live by faith. It's not our faith. It's the God kind of faith. So I want you to think about that all the time. I'm going for the God kind of faith because it's the God kind of faith that is full of the power of God. And, and the faith of God, yes, it's a substance. Inside these words are spirit and life, energy, resurrection life. They have the power to change the atmosphere. They have the power to change uh, he, you know, something that needs healing on your body. They have the power it's a substance. Faith is a force. You know, if it has divine energy in it, energy is the ability to do work. And it has divine energy. So yes, faith is a substance. Faith is a force. But faith is a person. The word of faith. And this is who I need to follow. I'm not looking for the power. I'm looking for the person. Because the person is going to tell me what to do, and then I'm going to have the power. And I go back to my child that I almost lost. I was using the word over him. And the reason why I go back to this one, because it's death or life. And I thought I was doing the right thing. But when I held that baby up and said, and I knew he was dying, nothing was working. We had the word over him. Jimmy and I had laid hands on him. I mean, everything. But when I held him up and said, Lord, you said, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's when he spoke to me and said, I've been waiting to tell you. I said, what? I've been waiting to tell you. He, went, he wasn't freaked out. You know, my baby's dying. I can smell death on him. I didn't know what it was. But the Lord said to me, Patty, you've been doing your own thing. I said, but Lord, I've been putting the word over him. He said, no, this is a spirit of death. That's easy. Just rebuke it. Now, those words were the faith that I needed to hear. They came, they were straight from the Father. That was the immediate direction that I needed. And when I spoke those words to Brian, that child was up. But it taught me from that moment on, I better be listening for the Lord. In everything that I do. Because what I did when I held him up, and I'll show you the perfect example of this, you can mark it in your Bible. I've never seen it before. I've read this story a million times, but it was for this teaching. But you humble yourself before God. You encourage yourself in the Lord. That's what I was doing. Lord, you said. I didn't didn't get all upset, but I knew God would heal my baby. And he did. And so this is so important to me that we learn to live by the person of faith because faith spoke to me and he gave me his words and those words and I could tell you situation after situation 
But we're commanded to live by faith. Here's a scripture that I love, Galatians 20, 2 and 20. And I love it in the Amplified, and I love it in the King James. But it talks about we are crucified with Christ. Now, we have to believe this. And I believe this. I no longer live. I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the body, do you see that word? (laughs) I live by faith in the Son of God. Now, I like what the uh, King James says. It says, I and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Do you hear that? I live by the faith of the Son of God, not my faith. I want to read this to you from the Passion Translation because this is so awesome. This is the same scripture, Galatians 2.20. It says, My old identity has been co-crucified with, Christ, with the Messiah and no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. Now listen to this. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. And we know the word essence means nature. The essence of this new life is no longer mine. I got a new nature is what this is saying. For the anointed one lives his life through me. Say that. The anointed one lives his life through me. Now it says we live in union as one. The question is, do you believe that? Do we believe that? My new life, listen to this, my new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God, who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. A dispenser. He dispenses his life. He infuses his life into me. This scripture, we as the army of God, if you're truly wanting to be a powerful Christian and one that exudes Jesus, then we have got to get this in us, that Christ lives in us. This is the mystery that was given to us from Paul. The hope of glory lives inside of us. And it's not a joke. And he wants to live his life. Well, his life is restoration. His life is Zoe life. His life is like God's. He doesn't have poverty. He doesn't have sickness. He doesn't have diseases. He doesn't have anything that the devil has. And I want to live that way. And I want my body, like it says in Ephesians, to become so full of God. It says we can do that. We are to become a body that is fully flooded with the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. I want people to see Jesus. Yes. But I've got to do something before I can get to that point, and that is humble myself before the Lord 
and ask him every day, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do this? Pray, practice the presence of God, practice the presence of God, talk to God, he's alive. I don't know who ever said God doesn't talk to people. I don't get it. I mean, you look in the Word, and He's talking all the time. He wants to talk to us. It is amazing to me. The Scripture, Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith, becomes totally different when you look at it in the light of what I'm talking to you about. It means Jesus authors my faith from the time I get up in the morning, the time, everything. In every area that we have. And see, I'm having to learn how to do that with my eating. Because I never thought he really cared. But you know, he's, we're all at different levels of where he wants us. Everybody has something different that, they're, that he's working on. And then all of a sudden you come into this, oh, well, here's another level. I thought I arrived. No, you know, we're going to work on this now. But in order to do that, he must increase and I must decrease. And that means in the literal Greek, he must become greater and I must go lower. This is humility. And we know that grace is released to the humble. It says it many places in the word. More grace is released to the humble. He sets his face against the proud. And so I want us to look at... um, Well, I I want to say this. Joseph said something that just, standing at attention. See, this is our position. We're standing at attention, and we're anticipating a command. Isn't that cool? I love that. We're the army of God. We're standing at attention, and we're anticipating a command. That goes right along with what Jesse Duplantis said, the genesis of faith. The beginning of faith is the hearing. If I don't hear from God, I don't have any faith. So the beginning of faith is I got to hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. This is why our ear is so important. (laughs) We're standing at attention and we're anticipating that command. And then when we hear it, we have to choose to obey it or ignore it. And sometimes he's going to say stuff that you're not real happy about. You have to learn to be willing for him to say no. Because sometimes he tells you that. But it's for our good. Now, to get restoration, you must have God's faith to do it. You have no faith until you hear from God. I want you to look at 1 Samuel 31, and we're going to look at 1 Samuel 30, verse 1. I love this, because you should put a marker here. (laughs) You see everything that I've been talking about here. David was being chased by Saul, and he went to live live with the Philistines. I don't get that, because he's, I can't believe they let him live there in the first place, because he's the one that took off the head of Goliath. But they let him live in the Philistines, because um, he didn't, he knew Saul would not come in there to try to get him. So I'm trying to set you up. And so the chapter before that, he is 
going out with the Philistines to do battle with the Israelites. Now, I don't know if he knows this, <laughs> but they're going to do battle with his, his bros. Well, the, the rulers of... Uh, the king loved David, the Philistine king, but the rulers, his princes, went to the king and said, no, we don't want him going. He's going to turn on us. And uh, they were like, he said, no, he's been perfect. Anyway, he went to David and he said, no, you can't go with us. You need to go back home. Well, on their way back home, another enemy of Israel, uh, the Amalekites, came and raided Ziklag. Ziklag was the place David the Philistine lived and burned it to the ground, took their wives, uh, took everything, but burned everything. So here is total devastation right here. But I want you to see this because it says, Then David and the men with him lifted up, I'm in verse 4, lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. Now, he's human. If I'd had something like this happen, I probably would have cried too. He lift, And he went right along with him. He was crying. David's two wives had been taken. And then look at verse 6. David was greatly distressed for the men spoke of stoning him because the souls of all of them were bitterly grieved. Each man for his sons and his daughters. But look what David did. Look what David did. He wept. Come on. He wept. But he didn't do what the other guys did. He had trained himself, I'm sure, when he was out, he knew his God. You don't kill the Philistine, you know, before you kill a bear and a lion. I've never killed a bear and a lion with my bare hands. When I went to Africa, we were in a Jeep looking at that lion right there. <laughs> he was big. But unless God told me to get on the ground with him, it ain't happening. <laughs> so David trained himself. He had already had to have been trained. Now, this was total devastation. But you see, because David knew his God, what did he do? It says, he encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Now, you think about what encouragement is. He probably started praising. And what does praise do? Inhabits. Who inhabits? The Lord inhabits your praises. Do we have the presence of the Lord there? Do you see what I'm saying? When I held my baby up, I was encouraging myself in the Lord. I was saying, God, I know you will heal this baby because you said... And he strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. Then, he, now this is the way the Jews heard from God. He had to call the priest. But we don't have to do that now. We just need to turn our ear inward. And we can praise God and believe God for the answer. And look what he said. Here's the next step. David inquired of the Lord. Do you see how he humbled himself? under the mighty hand of God. He didn't just say, well, I'm going to get stoned and we're going out and we're going to get him. He got on his face before God and he inquired of the Lord. He asked the Lord. 
Asking is a rule of the kingdom. You have not because you ask not. But see, even when we're totally devastated, we still have to be strong. And I believe everybody in here is like that. I look at your faces, I know a lot of you. But I'm giving you something here. If you need to weep, weep. But then the next thing you do is encourage yourself to the Lord. And the next thing you do is you inquire of the Lord. And he said, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? You know, anything else is presumption. If I just go do what I don't know what to do and I think it's okay, because see, that's what I did. I presumed that I'd just put the healing scriptures over Brian and he'd be healed. I presumed that I'd lay my hands on him and Jimmy would lay his hands on him. That's presumption. I had to inquire of the Lord. Shall I pursue? Shall I overtake him? And look what it says. The Lord answered him. Why? Because the presence of God was there. Restoration takes place in the presence of God. Desire. Somebody said desire takes place in the presence of God. Why? Because God is telling you what to do. He is releasing the power of God. He's giving you instructions on what to do. Sometimes he'll just say, stand back. This isn't even your battle. I'm going to zap him. So, but this is a perfect example of what we need to do on a daily basis. And he said, pursue. He gave him a specific word. Now, we don't know if he gave him more than this, but it says pursue. And look what he tells him. For you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. Now it's David's choice. He can either cry baby or he can get up and go. But I'm going to tell you what, when you hear the word of the Lord, there is power there. You get up and you're like, let's go. Let's go. Let's go do this. We can do this. And then we see over here, look at verse 18. It's exactly what the word said would happen. David recovered all. The Lord had told him, you're going to recover all. When you hear that, don't start saying, nah, you know, well, you know, nah. Do you know what I'm saying? If the Lord tells you, then you stay on that word. I'm going to recover all. All. And he got the wives back. Nothing was missing. Small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything that had been taken, David recovered all. Exactly as the Lord had told him. And look what happened. Restoration. He captured all the flocks and herds which the enemy had. He took the spoil of the enemy and the people drove the animals before him and said, this is David's spoil. And you see him sharing it with the men that were left behind. Some of them said, oh, they didn't go with us. So you see the heart of David. He didn't go, look at me, look what God, you know, look what me, I did this. Hey, yo, I'm king. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? You never hear him say, you wanted to stone me. Yeah, right on. 
You know what I'm saying? He didn't, he had a heart so for God that he shared it too. It says later in the chapter with the elders. Is that not what the word says to do? (laughs) He took more than he had and he didn't just keep it all for himself. He sent it to the elders and shared it. See what restoration is for? Restoration is for others. It's for you, but it's for others. And I can tell you right now, if you will purpose to restore someone else, if you will purpose to do something for someone else every day of your life, you are going to see, boom, you're going to see things popping. Because that's the way Jesus is. We need to get our eyes off of ourselves and get our eyes on someone else. We need to look at people through the eyes of faith. And that means through the eyes of Jesus. How can I help this person? What can I do? And I don't care if it's $5 or 10 cents. If the Lord tells you to do that, he's not looking at how much. He's looking at your obedience and your heart. If 10 cents is all you can give, then that's all you can give. Think of that woman with the two mites. Jesus was more impressed with her, but she must have known her God would do something. And we need to become like this. We need to become like this. And you see David, Jesus increased, and he wasn't even under our covenant. But David knew Jesus. David knew God. All you have to do is read the Psalms. David had revelations. And I'm telling you, if you get in this word, I mean, in this word. I don't mean read five minutes. I mean, people, we are living in the end times. That the end times are going to be fierce. That's what the word says, fierce. We are going to have to have the spirit of God manifesting himself. To tell you where to go, to tell you where to stay out of. But you know what? There are times he's going to send you in. To the worst, he's gonna, he may send you on a mission that is very dangerous. But you know what? Jesus went to the gatherings to the two men that were demoniac. And when you read, there's the word perilous there and the word perilous in, uh, where the, in Timothy chapter 3 are the same word. And it means they are fierce. They're, it's so dangerous in that situation, that if you're in it, you could get hurt. But you look at Jesus. He went right in there because the Spirit of God told him to go in there. He didn't do or say anything, and he was able to deliver that demoniac and the ten cities that were restored through the word of that man. I'm not telling you that God's not going to ask you to do some hard things, but you better have God with you when you go and do it. <laughs> I don't know if you've read that book, uh, Corey Ten Boone's book on the hiding place. It finally hit me after reading it. I've probably read it 25 times, but after about the third or fourth time it hit me, the hiding place was Jesus. Because she was put into, and her sister, into concentration camps. And she said at one point, 
I knew that God had put us there because those people would have gone to hell without the gospel. Now, there, there are some of us in here who may be asked to do things like that. And we are going to have to know our God. Amen. Oh. Amazing book if you haven't read it. But I want you to see that here's the exact way that we should be doing every day, whether we need restoration or not, humbling ourselves before the Lord. Amen. He has to increase. We have to decrease. And this is how you do it. Someone said, I think it was Pastor Trey, faith, faith was leading Abraham. That's cool. Faith, the person of faith was leading Abraham. All you have to do is go look at uh, chapter 11 in Hebrews, and you'll see Noah was prompted by faith. You don't get promptings from anything other than a being. Someone's talking to you. None of those people did what they did before God showed up and told them to do it. And see, that is how we have to act on a daily basis. And I've said this before, don't go to the hospital because you think you're going to clean out the, the beds. Because your faith will not work. But if you wake up some morning and you're told by the Holy Spirit, go clean out Hughley, then you have the power of God. Because once you start acting on those words, then his words are filled with the power. You see that with David. The words were filled with the power of God because he started acting on them, and it was charging the atmosphere, and it was doing the work. And they recovered all. So... Praise God. Someone said God is always trying to tell us what to do. We have to hear it, believe it, obey it, and do it. Don't ever let anyone tell you that God's not trying to talk to you. (laughs) He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He wants to restore you. And someone said it is important to us for God to lead us in areas we've been stolen from. Because vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. That's what the Lord showed me on that. Because my justice is going to be different than God's justice. He is for all men. He's going to stand on the side of truth. You see what I'm saying? So we have to let him show us how to get restored. So restoration comes from the presence of the Lord. Why? Because God is with us. And I believe the Lord is wanting to give us more grace so that we can do more things. And what we want is people looking at Jesus in us. I don't want people saying, oh, wow, Patty, that was awesome. I don't want them saying that. I want them saying, I want everything pointed towards him because I don't want to share, then I didn't accomplish anything. I didn't accomplish anything. Amen. And 
I, listen, I can't believe the Lord's having me teach on this. <laughs> because I have had to fight pride because of the way I was raised. And I, God, I mean, I'm not putting anything down, but it was everything was, you can do it, you can do it. You know, there was hardly ever any time I was never put down. It was, you know, everything. I can remember when Jimmy and I were dating, and he had asked me, and I told him, well, I'm going to work. Because the feminist thing, you know, the little feminine came out. I'm going to work. And I heard down inside of me, no, you're not. I didn't know that was God. Now, I don't have any problem with a woman working. Don't get me wrong. But my little femi pride showed up. (laughs) But I heard the Lord and, and no, you're not. When I have baby. So I thought, okay, whatever. But I'm not letting Jim know that. <laughs> but I asked the Lord a couple of years ago, I said, I don't want any more selfishness. I don't want any more pride. I don't want any more stuff. I said something to Pastor Trey. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you know what? And the Holy Spirit, He will let things happen so that He'll show it to you. Well, one time, I went to give him some seed, and I don't know what, I, I just, I was going to give it to him, and I slapped it on his Bible. It just was like, boom, and I thought, what did you just do? <laughs> but he'll show you if you ask him, because we have got to see what we're doing before we can walk in this kind of power. Otherwise, we're just a clanging symbol. And I know God wants to use us in major ways. This church is a word church. This church, we are under generals. You understand? We are under an apostle of God. That's an honor that he would put us in this church. These pastors, these are generals of God. You know, I mean, but they want, and God wants us to be just like them in our sphere, our realm. So, Father, I just pray for these people, and I just ask you in Jesus' name, Lord, to restore at the sound of my voice, because it's your voice, Father. Restore what needs to be restored, Father. And Lord, teach us to humble ourselves under your mighty hand. Teach us to humble ourselves under your mighty hand. And repent, Lord, because your word says repent, change your mind. So there's things we have to repent of, Lord, also. Show them to us and continue to show them to us, Lord. So that we can be a vessel that is a blessing. Lord, more than anything, we want to be blessed to be a blessing. We want to represent Jesus. We want to represent you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit, I believe we are anointed ministers of the gospel. We are anointed with your power. And we are going around doing good. And healing all those that are oppressed of the devil in any way, shape, or form. 
And most of all, Lord, because God is with us. Because you're with us, we will succeed. And if God be for us, who can be against us? In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. I have ten more pages, but praise the Lord. <laughs> it ain't happening. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can I, I just want to say, I just want to say one more thing, because my thing was faith for restoration. Right here, these are words that our prophet yes. heard. These are rhema words that our man of God, Dr. Savell, heard from the Spirit of God. God tells his prophets first. And then they're supposed to come and tell the body. You are the ministers of the gospel, just like he is. These words are full of his Revelation power. Live by the sword. Someone said that. Live by the sword. These are rhema words. The rhema word is the sword because it's the word the Spirit is wielding. That's what Ephesians 6.10 says in the Amplified. The Spirit is wielding these words. These are not logos words. These are rhema's words. So this is faith straight from heaven. And if you haven't been speaking these out on a daily basis, start doing it. And you don't have to make it a religion. Like, oh, now I've got to confess. So 10 minutes, I'm going to confess all these. No. I try to do, I mean, I'm like, Lord, if I'm driving in the car, I start. Or whenever. But I do it. I keep it in front of me. Because I want it to be real. I don't want it to be fake. But I want you to understand, this is faith right here. This is right straight from heaven. So if you don't have them, get them and start confessing them because God is going to restore his faithful ones. He is going to restore his faithful ones. Make a list. Make a list of what the devil has taken from you and start and let the Lord tell you. Remember this? Remember that? Oh, wow. I've heard Brother Jerry say, if we got everything back from the devil that he's stolen from us, we would be in overflow. And we need to believe for sevenfold and the Lord told me plus interest. Sevenfold plus interest. So think about that. If you've had $100,000 stolen from you times seven, sevenfold, 700,000 plus interest. 